sisters, brothers, and others. Dylan Del Haro here. FYI, last episode I called myself the new co-host. One of the benefits of not having a full-time job is having more flexibility in my time. It's not the way everyone feels about unemployment or underemployment, but in the last couple of weeks, I've been offered a couple of jobs, and that means I can't do all the things I want to do. I'm still planning on contributing episodes on gender, but for now, I'm filling in one more time. While you are listening to the Jams of Jacob, think about where you experience God in a special way. I don't want to be rich, don't want to be popular, don't want to be selfish, no. I don't want to be a goat, don't want to be ignorant, don't want to be blindfolded, I just want to be countercultural. be violent, don't want to have a vendetta, don't want to be vengeful, no. I don't want to be a soldier, don't want to be militaristic, don't want to help that cycle, I just want to be a countercultural pacifist. I don't want to be a racist, don't want to be a capitalist, don't want to be sexist, no. I don't want to pass judgment, don't want to hold grudges, don't want to be hateful, I just want to be a countercultural, pacifistic, unconditional lover. I don't want to shop at Walmart, don't want to grow Monsanto, don't want to drink Coca-Cola, no. I don't want to burn petrol, don't want to eat perfect fruit, don't want to feel guilty, I just want to be a countercultural, pacifistic, unconditionally loving organic gardener. I want to be authentic, I want to be radical, I want to be optimistic, honest, beautiful, I want to be humble, I want to be progressive, I want to be open, like inspiration, I want to be like John Wesley, or Sarah Major, or Anna Mao, I want to be like Martin Luther, or Martin Luther King Jr., like Santa Claus, Johnny Appleseed, Dirk Belim, or Gandhi, Alexander Mack, John Klein, George Fox, Jesus Christ, but mostly, I just want to be me. I just want to be me. This episode is brought to you by The Perfect Church. The Perfect Church is everything you want in a church. There are no front pews. There is no obligatory tithing. There are no crying babies. There will never be an under-rehearsed choir anthem. There are absolutely no disagreements because there is nobody to disagree with. The Perfect Church is an app for your computer or smartphone. You fill out a profile for your ecclesial preferences and the app will simulate a virtual reality of the church that is just right for you. Simply put on your noise-canceling headphones, gently press and hold your nose up against the screen, and you can worship God in the most convenient way possible. It's like when Jesus said, The kingdom of God is like the farmer who discovered tares among the wheat, and said, 
I want a perfect field, right now. Isn't there an app for that? It's the music you like, the sermon you agree with, and a sanctuary full of virtual people who are just like you. Cut out the awkwardness of having to remember people's problems. You don't even have to remember anyone's name. Come and see, then go as you please, because the perfect church is always just a nose press away. The perfect church. It's almost like they know you. Coming soon and very soon to an app store near you. Kevin Schatz, who contributed the very first DPP episode, is back again. This time, Kevin and his sister Erica reminisce about their time as leaders at church camp. I'm sure there are many who are listening who have grown up going to camp. Some of you probably think of camp as a second home or a place where your faith is most alive. If you have ever only been to camp, even just once as a camper or a counselor, what do you remember learning about yourself? Hey, it's cool. Maybe you cherish experiences that don't include a week in the wilderness. That's the strange thing about God. We don't all experience God in the exact same ways. As Kevin and Erica talk about their experiences, and as we hear from campers of times gone by, continue to think about where you experience God in special ways. All right, hello, this is Kevin Schatz here with the Dunker Punks podcast uh, with a special guest today, my lovely sister Erica. Hi! Erica Schatz Brown, and she is here because we are talking about a place very near and dear to our hearts. Camp Laverne. Um, and Erica, as a way to introduce yourself, if you want to say um, who you are and what Camp Laverne is. Yeah. Um, I, like he said, I'm Erica and I co-direct Camp Laverne Senior High Camp with my brother Kevin. Um, camp Laverne's a brethren camp located up in the San Bernardino Mountains, Angeles Oaks, California. And in the summer, it's geared a lot towards the brother and youth. We have three weeks of camp. We have a junior camp for the elementary age, a junior high camp, and a high school camp. Yep. And that's here in the Southern California mountains. So we reach out to, as far as the brother community goes, we reach out to the um, more or less the Southwest region, mainly in California. But we're obviously open to um, you know, non-brethren campers coming up. Um, we do have a, a obviously a religious swing on the way we kind of program things, but we're also just a fun place in the mountains to mm-hmm. to come hang out and spend a week. Um, I meant to throw in that um, it, Eric and I are going to be talking about the camp and and what it entails, but also just for fun, we're going to throw in some audio of uh, of some of our campers in the past talking about their experiences of camp, so you don't have to listen to us blab on the whole time. Um, in fact, here, I'm going to throw one in right now, okay? Here we go. Well, I'd say it's a community uh, more than a camp because you're with friends, people that you love and stuff, and then it's basically a week of having fun and getting closer with God. Um, and so we will jump back into... Um, I thought we could talk about, Erica, our history in camp. Yeah. Um, I've been going to camp since second grade, I believe, so that it's well over 20 years that I've been going as a camper. I was a counselor for a long time, um, and then Eric and I have now been directing the senior high summer camp, and we do a winter camp every year also, which is a junior high-senior high combo, and we've been directing that for six or seven years now or something like that. Yeah, um, for... Beyond what I can count, I've been going since I was in elementary school. I don't really know what age, um, but 
back when it was an all-girls camp, actually. Um, so probably about 10 years old, went there, went all the way up, never missed a summer. And then I couldn't get enough of it, so I became a counselor in training. They called us CITs and worked in the kitchen and did stuff like that until I could eventually become a counselor. And from there, I just became a director. It's very family, a really great family feeling and very friendly. It's um, a fun place to kind of get away from whatever you're dealing with in life or just have fun and meet new people. I mean, to me, Camp Laverne is peace. I get up there and I'm automatically calm. I'm relaxed. Also, it's where I met my best friends and my closest friends. I would say about middle school age is when I started really making those connections. And um, back before email, we'd write letters back and forth and mail them. Were you like on paper and a pen? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had to put the stamp on the envelope. Wow, I don't even know what a stamp is. <laughs> no. So, yeah, I mean, quality people up there, people that are still near and dear to my heart to this day. It's like being at the camp and meeting, or not meeting, just reuniting with people that are always here and making new friends if there's any new people here. Friends. I made lots of friends. Connecting with new people that I've never seen before. Um, I liked going to the lake, and I also really liked cabin time because we laughed until our sides hurt. And that's just priceless. And I think a lot of people can relate to that no matter where you are in the country, um, whether you're brethren or not. The, the summer camp feel this idea that there's community up there. And I, I know, like I said, this can relate to several different camps, but Camp Laverne for me, the same thing. I, it's, a, it's a place of community. It's a place of, uh, of being welcomed. And also, specifically for Los Angeles and other places that have big cities, it's a nice escape for me, I know, to get away from traffic and away from buildings and to just be up in nature and not have to hear any cars or any you know horns honking. Um, Mostly, I think getting out of the city and coming here into nature. And this, it's so like peaceful here. And... It's really just a good, good uh, environment here in Camp Laverne. So I, I really, I look forward to it a lot. A peaceful place to come and get away from the bright lights in the city, and then um, a place to feel more comfortable with people that you don't usually see. Um, and what? Let's talk about. Uh, what sort of activities we have for our camp? So obviously, our goal is to you know make people for people to have fun. I don't know if we mentioned that, but we want people to have fun, and we want them to build this community. So, what kind of activities? Let's talk about what kind of activities we do to kind of build those things. Yeah. So we do have a lot of um, like team planning games. Um, yeah. Court. I don't know what you'd call coordinated activities. Yeah, teamwork, teamwork. working together. Yeah, go. teamwork yeah. is the word. Teamwork. teamwork makes the dream work. That's by the way, that's what the campers <laughs> always yell out at me whenever I encourage them. They're like, "Teamwork makes the dream work," and I'm like, "Okay, yes, it rhymes. That's it's funny, true. <laughs> and it is true. It is true. The dream, the dream does work. Yeah. It turns out." <laughs> yeah. So we do a lot of those, the teamwork and the team building activities, whether it be like the human knot, where you can reach around across a circle and grab hands and try to untangle. Yeah. Um, a lot of blindfold activities yeah. where they have to like go off communication. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I wish that I came up with some of these activities, but the the last year for camp, I found this whole list of blindfolded games that were great for like communicating and listening. Um, and, and I just felt like for half the camp, these kids were blindfolded wandering around <laughs> having one of their teammates, you know, tell them where to go, yeah. which is great. It was fun to watch. Yeah. And, and I really do feel like they took something away from that. I hope. Awesome. Amazing. The most fun we ever had. Fun, adventurous, crazy. Uh, fun, 
entertaining and just energetic. And and I know I know I like seeing you know whether these whether these activities have a direct effect or not. I know that um, I love seeing by the end of the week this group that is very tight knit. And a lot of times, you know, that just happens with with kids that age. But I do like to think that, you know, feeding them the right, uh, you know, sort of curriculum, if you will, giving them the right activities, the right chances to bond um, Mm -hmm. helps to helps to, you know, make those connections happen. And um, and so I think the activities have a big part to do with uh, with just the overall experience that the kids take away. Well, I like the people that come, but I also like how simple it is. It's not like a lot of the other camps that have a bunch of stuff and look at all this stuff around and see all the nature and how beautiful it is. You can just do stuff without a bunch of new technology and whatnot. So I like that. Um, Camp Laverne is a nonprofit camp. So uh, when we have these, you know, different counselors come up, some of whom have had only a little bit of camping experience, it's great to see even them flourish as adults and, and, you know, take these kids under their wing and, and, you know, become part of their group as well. And, um, you know, just it's 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 fun watching these things develop yeah it really is i'm just always so impressed with our leadership and our counselors you know we'll get someone new recommended to us and it's like they're so amazing and Mm -hmm. just meant to be up there and they really fit into the fold of camp and i think camp brings that out in them too yeah oh totally that's i think again one of those things that i think camps across the board can relate to but um for for us specifically talking about camp laverne there's some, I, I swear there's something like magical about that place. And, and there's just something that sort of brings the right kind of energy out of everybody who goes there. I don't know if it's, I don't know if there's magnets in the ground yeah. or what it is, <laughs> but, uh, but it, there's something about it that, uh, that just, uh, really, I, I just feel like there's a lot of positive attitudes and that's something you can't force someone to have. It mm-hmm. just sort of happens by being in the right environment. I feel like I get excited because it's, I'm away from, uh, my life at home, and it's just a whole different environment up here, and it's just so fun. Camp is great. Well, and then I was going to say, you know, one thing we also try to try to teach a little bit, but I, I think comes with the territory of being a brother in camp is is sort of the peace aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to some activities that we've done, we we try our best to incorporate the idea of of living a peaceful, simple uh, life together, and um, you know, yeah. Definitely. I mean, a lot of our activities, besides the fun activity-based physical activities, we do some where we're really making them think and we're having them. It'll start off, you know, as simple as, do you like day or night? And they have to choose a side. Mm -hmm. But then not only are we making them choose sides, but then we have a discussion about it where it's a respectful discussion. And then we can bring in, you know, deeper issues that have to do with peace and justice issues. And mm-hmm. then we talk about those. And those are just really eye-opening. And, you know, on that same wavelength, sometimes we just, you know, we have, for lack of a better term, lessons where we're up there and we're kind of opening their eyes to new things like um, letting them know about the United States budget and how they think that it's dispersed mm-hmm. and letting them kind of work out a way to how they, if they could choose the budget, how would they spend the money? And then showing them realistically, hey, look at how much is actually spent on military funding. Yeah. Like and you then, said, you'd spend X amount, mm-hmm. but in reality, we spend X amount. Yeah. You know, this huge amount. Yeah. Whatever it might be. And then that's great because then that, again, leads them to discussion. So we, you know, we're 
teaching them about this, but then it ultimately comes back to them discussing this and how they feel about it and, you know, talking about it all. Yep. So it's cool because I think whatever the subject matter is, it either opens people's eyes or it, you know, encourages an already existing sort of passion in them, whatever it might be. You know, not every kid's going to love every activity. Some kids Mm -hmm. might not care about that budget activity, you know, and they may take nothing. The thing is, I think even if they don't care about it, the goal and the hope is that they will take something away, though. And and I think even if they pretend like they don't, (laughs) my hope is that they go down the mountain and they think about that. I think that uh, the more that the kids can take down the mountain and kind of just give them food for thought so that when they get home, even if the slightest thing, you know, that's one of those things as a director that we'll never know. It's not like they're going to write us a a letter and put a stamp (laughs) on it and send it to us and say, you know, hey, we really took something away from that activity. But you like to hope that the gears are going to turn when they get down the mountain. Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of the hope. You know, a really fun camp that, uh, I mean, technically it's a, brethren christian camp but it's uh you know whatever religion you are it's very accepting of that so it's good for everyone to come up usually like the people that come here that i haven't seen in a while they're from different areas or different congregations i like to see them and know that i'll be able to hang out with them one of the things about camp is it is a very um, small and more on the rustic side of things as mm-hmm. far as camp goes. We don't have, you know, the nice basketball court. We don't have a swimming pool. We don't have an archery range. And this is not a way to, to say that our camp is weak in any way because I think we make up for those things with having a lot of heart and finding sort of creative activities to take the place of maybe those things. Because we are a nonprofit camp, we we run pretty much solely on on donations. It's camper mm-hmm. registrations, uh, which is actually pretty pretty affordable um, for a week's worth of camp and and also on donations. And so, you know, we're always open to to people who want to donate to our programs. Um, CampLaverne.org is our website. Just uh, Camp C-A-M-P Laverne is L-A-V-E-R-N-E dot org. Um, um, You can always donate there. Um, There's always ways to send in checks or anything like that. Or if you if you happen to live locally and are looking to get involved as a volunteer, we're always looking for new people to help it with the cooking, with the being a counselor, with being on our board. Um, The more people we can have involved, if if this sounds like something you'd be passionate about, please check out the website, um, camplaverne.org. And um, and, you know, we'd love to we'd love to have you (laughs) on the team for sure. It's a great place and it's very fulfilling. You come down after a week and you're just like, you feel like you did good. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. You feel you feel cleansed. You feel mm-hmm. rejuvenated. There you go. I'd probably describe it as a really, really fun place that even though like it's very like rustic and, st- and stuff, it's really fun and you'll, you, you'd enjoy it a lot. Um, well, one more thing I thought we'd talk about is what we take pride in as as directors. I know um, being in the Church of the Brethren, you don't often talk about what you're proud of um, because uh, we, we like to practice humility. But um, what, what by the end of the week, um, are you proud of uh, accomplishment-wise? Man, so, I mean, so much, I guess, but... You know, I'm really glad when when I see the kids laughing, smiling, or when I can he- when I hear them say, you know, oh, I really enjoyed that, or I don't know. It's just yeah. I'm really proud of the activities that we plan, and when they when it seems like they're enjoying it, um, 
also at the end of the week when they're, you know, giving their hugs goodbye or exchanging their Snapchat codes or whatever, you know. <laughs> the like, future is now. <laughs> Snapchat. Yeah. Like, I really enjoy seeing that because I'm like, oh, yeah, they're making friends. It just, you know, it rings true to me and who my closest friends are now. Yeah. It reminds you of when you were a camper and you were doing the same thing on the uh-huh. last day. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll echo Erica's thoughts and say that, um, you know, we don't do this to get gratification we we get our own personal gratification just from being there but we're not doing this looking for thank yous and looking for you know the kids to tell us how amazing time we had how how amazing time they had that is but i'll agree with erica completely that at the end of the week when one of them does come up to you and says hey i really like that scavenger hunt that you put together that was that was really cool nobody patted them on the back and said hey go tell kevin that i hope that nobody <laughs> told them that but yeah. that that's so rewarding i can't even tell you um because like i said earlier you like to think that they think about it when they go down the mountain but there's nothing like being being told that straight to your face that this this job that you and i erica did as as directors just to do it because mm-hmm. it, uh, you know it's something we like to do and want to do and then to see that it was enjoyed yeah. and to hear that it was um you know, something was taken away means a lot. I know for me. Yeah. I was just going to say, I know one of their favorite activities that they mention a lot is our overnight hike. Yeah. We, that's, that's one thing we completely forgot to mention this whole conversation is that we always go on an overnight hike and excuse me, I think the kids come back. Well, they go on this hike. We we go on, uh, it's nothing too treacherous, you know, maybe like three miles. I was going to say anywhere from three to five miles is the hike Mm -hmm. there. So, uh, so we do it there, sleep under the stars, cook for ourselves. They pack all their own food, all their own clothes, whatever it is, carry their own backpack, sleep under the stars, hike back the next day. Some of the kids are complaining beforehand, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't want to do it, but I feel like those kids at the end, especially are the ones who you can see the accomplishment or you can see the excitement when they talk about it. And even the kids who were excited about it yeah. are like just as excited and are like, mm-hmm. that was so great. You know, they, they, I, I don't know what it is about going in nature and sleeping under the stars, but there's yeah. a, there's a big takeaway from it. There's a definitely sense of accomplishment that you can see on their faces. Yeah, totally. Camp Laverne is a place where friends meet, friends reunite, and you just have a fun time just being together, being with nature. Well, there's always new faces here at camp every time I come here, um, and I get to spend a whole week uh, with nature and my friends. It's not a fancy luxury place, but it's a place that's just, it's awesome in its own its own way, like no other places like it, so it's hard to describe, but if you go, you'll have fun, that's what I can say about it, but there's not many words to be able to describe this place awesome so that's camp laverne um in in a bit of a nutshell um eric and i are the the part of the reason we did this podcast is because our camp is a couple weeks away and we're right in the middle of planning it um we took a break to come talk about it to you know relieve our our brain cells a little bit (laughs) from the planning but uh, our camp is coming up we're very excited um we hope that you'll support Camp Laverne. Again, it's camplaverne.org. But also across the nation, um, support your support your local brethren camps because I have a feeling a lot of them are in the same position as Camp Laverne. They're probably mm-hmm. nonprofit. They're probably always looking for staff. Some probably have an easier time finding staff than others. But mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, you know, get out there and, and get involved with them and 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 know that there's a, a way for you to have an impact on on kids who are, are coming up in this world and learning about different things. Yeah. 
All right, Erica. Well, um, thank you for thank you for joining me and for being part of the Dunker Punk movement here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Come on. And uh, and go Camp Laverne. Go Dunker Punks. We'll see you next time. I'm Kevin. Bye bye. When I think about my time at different camps, I'm reminded of a particular Bible story. This one is about Elijah and his encounter with burnout. It's a very easy thing to do in his line of work. He's a prophet. He speaks on behalf of God to the people of God. As agents of change, prophets are met with lots of resistance. Elijah has been a prophet for a long time, so he's built up a lot of resistance. He decides he's had enough. He says, the way of the prophet is too much. He is exhausted from telling people to change their ways, and even the miracles have taken their toll on him. So he hides in the wilderness, sleeps under a large bush. Suddenly, an angel touches him, wakes him, and feeds him fresh bread and water. But he is still so tired that after he eats and drinks, he goes back to sleep. Have you ever had mornings like that? The angel eventually wakes him again. The angel says, eat, drink, or else the way of the prophet will be too much. He eats and drinks some more, but he was still not ready to return to life as a prophet. Elijah uses all the strength he had gained from the food to travel 40 days and 40 nights further into the wilderness. He goes to Mount Horeb, That's the same mountain where Moses sees God in the burning bush, and the same mountain where Moses gets the Ten Commandments from God. He spends the night in a cave. This time, when he wakes up, he hears the voice of God. God says, What are you doing here? Elijah says, All the other prophets have been killed. I'm the only one left, and they want to kill me too. God says, Go by the entrance of the cave. I will pass by. Then there was a great wind. But God was not in the wind. Then there was a large earthquake. But God was not in the earthquake. Then there was a huge fire. You guessed it. God was not in the fire either. But after the wind, earthquake, and fire, there was the sound of sheer silence. That's how the NRSV translates it. The NIV calls it a gentle whisper. And you know it best from the King James Version, a still small voice. But I like to think that Elijah hears God in the silence, as the NRSV puts it. And God doesn't give Elijah an answer to his problem right away. God asks the same question again. What are you doing here, Elijah? You can read the story for yourself in 1 Kings chapter 19. And while you're looking up things in books, if you get the chance, check out hymn 594 in the Blue Hymnal. Or search online for the lyrics of Lord, You Sometimes Speak. I really like this hymn. It reminds me of some of the ways God speaks. In wonders in whispers, in silence, in scripture, 
and through Jesus. Do you hear God in the sounds of nature? Do you hear God in the cries of people living with hunger? Do you hear God's voice when someone says, Ugh, church is so boring and full of hypocrites. Do you hear God speaking to us in the protest chant, Black Lives Matter? Where do you hear God? In the celebrations of life and love? Do you experience God in the silence? Or as being silent? Give silence a try. Drive without the radio. Or later today, eat a meal by yourself without the TV. Do a whole day without listening to any music. I dare you to turn your phone off for an hour. Go for a walk and listen. Pay attention for God's voice. If you haven't shut off the podcast yet to sit in silence, there are some Thanksgiving to do. There are a lot of folks who put the free in freelance, volunteers and hard workers who make this podcast possible. Jacob Krause edited this week's audio, and Jacob Krause is our theme song musician, and other music comes from the Free Music Archive. Our podcast is a collaboration of a dozen contributors who are inspired by Jesus and the gentle silence of God. Suzanne Lay produces the show along with Pastor Nancy. If you enjoy our podcast, one of the ways you can show your support is by sharing episodes with your friends and family. You can also give us a happy review on iTunes. That helps strangers find us. You can find us on all the social medias. Just search for Knuckerpunks Pod. You can read more at Knuckerpunks.com and find a log of all of our episodes at the Arlington Church of the Brethren website or on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, Meow Meow, Blurt, Like Me, Twiddler, Viralverse, and Woof. I like the way my father-in-law says, Dunkerpunks. Pastor Nancy is returning from vacation and will continue to be your host starting next episode. Speaking of our next episode, stay posted. Jonathan Stauffer is our next contributor. Peace, Dunkerpunks.